This is episode 127 of How to Human, and in this episode, I want to revisit episode 126 about whether or not all feelings are valid. And I thought about this a little bit more, as I sometimes do after I record a podcast, and I want to defend all feelings are valid, which I said was not true in 126. I think the idea for all feelings are valid is microaggressions. That people are in pain and other people don't see it or don't care about it because they aren't subject to the same dehumanizing elements that others are. This is really the story, honestly, of white privilege and the idea that when someone intends a certain message, there's an impact on the receiver of the message and that impact matters. And it's not anybody's job, not anybody's right to tell the receiver of the message, of the comment, of the words, what, how they should feel. And so when somebody feels something and it hurts, it's not okay to say you shouldn't feel that. And so the feelings of the receiver are valid. They get to have that emotional expression. They get to have that experience. And the hard part is that when that emotional experience becomes something that needs to be solved, you get to have it. And look, I'm not advocating for saying the N-word. Of course I'm not. I'm not advocating for horrible marginalizations, horrible, uh, difficult, hateful things that people can say to each other. I'm not. Those should be stricken from the culture. I'm talking about that gray area. And I mean, these are these gray, these three examples I'm about to give, I don't know. Should people be saying these things? No. But do they happen? Yes. Should they make people crumble? Different question. I know an Asian girl who talked about being asked often where she's from. And the answer is Maryland. And right, the presumption behind that is because she's Asian, she's actually from some Asian country somewhere. I know a Latino guy who is every now and then asked if he speaks English. I have a gay friend who is a bit triggered when people tell him to be safe this weekend. And the implication there is that he is in a high-risk group for HIV and it's hurtful to him that I guess that people wouldn't think he wouldn't make good choices or that they're making the stereotype of all gay people or any number of things, but he finds it hurtful. And that's the point is that people are hurt when other people are unconsciously speaking about other cultures with, with which they're not familiar or different ethnicities and that's 
the idea behind white privilege is that there's a lack of understanding of perspectives and that lack of understanding leads to hurtful language that causes other people to feel pain and that pain those feelings around that pain are valid you can't tell other people how to feel and the idea behind all feelings are valid is to create a public conscious awareness that people feel pain when you say insensitive things. And that's pretty reasonable. But where does that go awry? That's the question. The hard part here is that the pain that people feel is valid. It exists. And I'm not connecting that to the problem of the problem with all feelings are valid. The problem with all feelings are valid, I mostly covered in 126. What I wanted to do here was say where all feelings are valid comes from and the ways in which it is something that we should think and say. Because it's really, it, it's two parts. So there's, in what I talked about in the microaggression idea, there's the speaker and the listener. And so we want the listener to know, yes, you have pain, you should be aware of it. It is not okay for other people to tell you how to feel. And we want the speaker to know that you are causing pain. And it is not okay for you to say what other people's emotional experience should be. Therefore, you just have to adjust your awareness, understanding, speaking patterns to account for other people's emotional expression because being insensitive isn't okay. This is really an effort to make people less insensitive, which is very, very valid. It is something I talk about sometimes when I compare logic and emotion that Emotion is about protection from pain, but it's, it's care, it's empathy, it is human. It's about being a good human being. And logic is cold. It's uncaring. It is ruthless. And as we want to move from a ruthless world, a more logical world, a more a world that is just less kind. We want to move to a more human world, a more empathetic world, and this is part of that movement. This is part of the idea of how we create a public conscious awareness of other people's states, their being. And any kind of dehumanization that comes from denying other people their emotional experience is totally against the idea of creating a more compassionate culture. And so we say out loud, all feelings are valid. So don't be a dick in regard to other people's feelings. And 
where that goes awry is that in some cases when people think that their feelings are always valid there's an expectation that other people are responsible for their feelings people should act better 100 percent and like all cultural changes like i talk about that should be done through peer pressure and that's what we're talking about here is that i'm saying my feelings are valid you are being insensitive i'm going to create a peer pressure movement to make you more aware of my feelings so that you don't say hurtful things i get it and you know what that actually makes perfect sense how i just said it but the problem becomes when you feel hurt and sad and any kind of negative emotion and think that that's it should be a driver for your behavior and when you take that idea when you take the idea that your feelings are a driver for your behavior because feelings want to avoid pain so a feeling-based lens is a pain-based lens. You are looking for things that are going to hurt you, looking for ways that the world is unfair, looking for ways that the world is go going to be difficult for you. And it's sort of a glass half empty view and that's a choice that people are making a choice to look at the world and people as glass half empty and it's a view it's a view you can use it's a view to not give people the benefit of the doubt look people are insensitive people are stupid and the world is hard and you can look at it all as really just you against the world it's a, a negative outlook and i mean if you take this to its extreme i'm not saying that you can not have a bunch of feelings and not be negative of course i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is that when you take it to its extreme when you're always on the lookout for the world or people to be sources of your continued struggle, then that's what you're going to see. You see what you focus on. You can choose what you, what lens you have. And when you choose a negative lens, you see everything negative. And when I talk about one of the things that I talk about is that if you have a negative expectation for outcome, you're not going to do things. When you have a positive expectation for outcome, you are going to do things. Because if you expect a positive result, you'll do something. If you expect a negative result, you won't do something. And the more negative you become based on how you feel, how you perceive everything, it changes you. It changes you into something that is always 
in a defensive position. If we, what I'm talking about is being fragile. And if you are always, if you have an expectation for things to go badly, when things, and you aren't exposed to things that do go badly, to toughen yourself, that's kind of the idea though, that when you expect things to go badly, you go into a shell and you are sensitive to things that do go badly. There's a toughening that happens. Jonathan Haidt calls this being anti-fragile. When you expose yourself to pain in difficult situations, you harden yourself. You become stronger when you're exposed to things that are potentially harmful because you rebuild yourself to be something stronger and better. And when you avoid those things or are very sensitive to those things, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you'll continue to be sensitive and more sensitive to those things because you aren't exposing yourself in a way to experience them as growth options, as things to overcome, and emotional resilience to build. Because what we're talking about is emotional resilience on a level. People shouldn't be hurting your feelings, but when they do, you should be emotionally resilient enough to handle them. And emotional resilience isn't built if you're allowed to sit in your sadness, in your pain. And it's hard because all feelings are valid is about the fact that your pain exists. And then what do you do with your pain once you've got it? I mean, it's hard for me to tell you what to do. I mean, it, you can feel bad. You certainly should. But the world isn't changing. The world's going to be difficult. We can try to change the world. We can try to tell people how to behave and how to speak. Is that going to work? I don't know. Evil and crazy aren't going anywhere. Dicks aren't going anywhere. And we have to live in a world that's based on reality. And that reality is going to bring us pain. So be prepared for the pain because it's coming. And if you want to arrange the world around avoidance of pain, that means telling people how to speak and behave who aren't you. And how real is that? I don't know. We're trying it. We're trying to alter people's behavior by telling them how they should speak. And on a level, that's a really good thing, right? We don't want people saying the N-word out loud. We don't want people walking on the street saying a bunch of homophobic slurs to two guys holding hands. Of course we don't. Of course we don't. And so if we talk about black, white, and gray, those things are black. Those things are unacceptable, period. And then there's the gray. Let me think of a good gray. Jeez. Um, if, you know, I don't know. If you're at McDonald's and a heavyset person orders their Happy Meal and you say, do you want... What is it called? Supersize? I don't even know if they have that anymore. And 
They say, oh, you think I want supersize because I'm fat? No, man. <laughs> they just ask you if you want supersize. Like, you don't have to jump to 10 on that. You could, but you don't have to. And we get that choice. We get the choice of giving people the benefit of the doubt. We get the choice of how we react. It doesn't feel like it, but we get a choice of how fragile we are. Because our fragility comes from an understanding that we get to choose how to react and we react in proportion because disproportionate reactions are a reflection of low emotional intelligence, frankly. And that's hard, right? I said disproportionate reactions. That implies, right, that says, and Dave Messman, you can't tell people how they should be reacting. Kind of. There's, look, there's something reasonable. You can be so fragile that you do take a six and make it a 12. Dave Messman, there's a 12 on a scale of one to 10. Fine, you take a six and you make it a 10. Dave Messman, you can't tell them how they feel and what they've experienced. That's correct. And we're losing proportionality. You're right, I can't tell people how to feel. I can't tell people where they should land on one to 10. But I'm telling you we're losing proportionality. And it's, it's a cultural change that's being made and it's a bad one. I'm saying that it's an objectively bad one. Listening to the people's emotions and assuming that the level of people's emotionality is always valid, also a mistake. People are imperfect. People make mistakes. And if we tell people that it's okay to be disproportionately angry, they'll believe it. People believe what you tell them. And then it becomes a cultural norm. And that's what I'm talking about. This is all complicated. Listen, none of this is easy. People are hurt. Microaggressions are a problem. People do have really hurt feelings through years of mistreatment. Absolutely no question. And my job is to point out the nuances of it. The nuances of where things are going right, where things are going wrong, what are the gray areas, and how can we adjust those gray areas. And also, if we look at this from a logical perspective, if we have a goal, if we have a problem we're trying to solve, are we solving it? Or are we actually making it worse with our unintended consequences? And that's the complexity of all these cultural changes. All well-intentioned. Sometimes there are unintended consequences that are Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're worse than the problem we're trying to solve. And I'm not saying that here, right? Dave Messman, political correctness, which is the protection of people's feelings, is an overall good thing and you shouldn't be pushing back against it at all, kind of. There's a pendulum and it was on one side of people being dicks all the time, being really unconscious and hurtful and not empathetic. And then now we've swung it to the other side where people are very conscious of other people's feelings. But when that happens, people are so sensitive about their feelings hurt that 
there's disproportionate reaction and an expectation of the culture to change itself, to always be protective of other people's feelings. And that's a level of coddling. And we're doing a lot of coddling and it makes weaker people. It wakes, makes less emotionally resilient people because people are always expecting to have their feelings protected. And that's just not a thing. And here's the thing, right? The assumption is that I'm talking about minorities. I'm not. I'm not exempting minorities. I'm not exempting anyone. I'm saying everybody's too fragile. I'm saying there are plenty of white people who are far too fragile. And yes, I'm talking about the youth. And I mean, older people too. Um, it, it, it is people, white people protecting themselves and protecting others. And this, I mean, this is where cancel culture comes from. I don't like what you said, therefore you shouldn't exist. You shouldn't have a space in the public square. And sometimes those things are ridiculous. I remember, this is actually a story I saw, but this was more than a year ago. Steve Martin, I think after Carrie Fisher passed, said that um, she was very beautiful. And then I also later found out she was witty and talented too. And he had to apologize for that because he pointed out her beauty first. Like people were actually mad about it. Like there should be proportionality to the things that you're mad about. You can't get mad about everything. If your feelings are hurt, sometimes, sometimes you're just being too sensitive. That's an example of people, people being too sensitive. And people hate that crap. And it makes people hate political correctness. When people are overly political correct for nonsense things, it makes people unhappy. Because it, it makes it hard to speak. Because other people think that they have a right to police their language. And look, sometimes language should be policed. That's what makes it so complex. It's so complicated. Because people shouldn't hurt other people unconsciously. But people also shouldn't be idiots who see something in nothing. So it's complicated. And it's so easy to straw man and say, Dave Messman, you're making the case for the, you're saying people are overly sensitive when their feelings are hurt. Sometimes yes. And it's case by case. And I'm not making, I'm not painting with a broad brush. I mean, I am painting with a broad brush, but I'm saying this should be done with a scalpel. Each situation is unique. And I'm saying there are many situations that are overly interpreted negatively that shouldn't be because people should have insert some kind of logic and rationality into their emotional understanding. Pure emotional expression doesn't have logic in it. And if you don't, if you take the context out, the rationality, the understanding, the ability to have nuance, then we end up in situations like this where people are too hurt too often, unnecessarily, and that makes society a worse place. And that's the end of this episode of How to Human. If you like this podcast, give it five stars on iTunes. If you didn't like this podcast, give it five stars on iTunes. Send comments or death threats to howtohumancdt at gmail.com. And I will talk to you next time on How to Human.